She started off not being necessarily ready as you wouldn't be when you first start. But by the time she got invited to three assessment centres, she was amazing at interviews. And I think she had about a week's notice for each of them. And it didn't matter because she'd been ready for months for her interview. Hello everyone and welcome to the Student Lawyer podcast series. Whether you're at school, sixth form, university, thinking about a career in law or exploring law careers, you're in the right place. We are the one-stop shop for student lawyers. If you'd like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com. This episode is sponsored by the University of Law. The University of Law offers a range of undergraduate and postgraduate courses and master's degrees alongside an award-winning pro bono clinic so you can build up your legal experience while studying. And their experienced career service will enable you to put your best foot forward when launching your legal career. The courses are employment focused and based on real legal practice so you'll be better prepared for the workplace. Part-time and online study options are available so you can work and study at the same time. Click the link in the description box of the podcast to find out more about the courses on offer. Hello everyone, welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast. My name is Stephanie, I'm a final year law student, future trainee solicitor and the host of today's episode. Today I'm joined by my fellow and fabulous podcast host and first seat trainee at Shakespeare Martineau's London office, Camilla Uppel. This episode will be especially useful to student lawyers who are preparing for their training contract and pupillage interviews, as during the episode, Camilla explains exactly how to ace a training contract interview. Camilla, welcome to the Student Lawyer Podcast from the guest seat, I suppose. Hi, Stephanie. Thank you for having me on the show. It's um, it's yeah, so funny to be on the other side um, rather than asking the questions. Um, but yeah, I'm really happy to share just a few tips that I picked up along the way when I was going through the training contract interview process. Um, so yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Excellent. What? Well, I'm going to get um, cracking with the questions. Um, and the first question is, when should you start preparing for training contract interviews? I love this question because um, I'm kind of going to tell you what not to do which is what what I did in for my first interview so um let's just get started with a bit of background so some firms will give their um, interviewees lots of notice when um, it comes to letting them know that they've got an interview some firms give about a month and then some firms will give a week or less so my first message is to just prepare as early as you can you know the earlier the better I remember my first interview I spent months and months writing a really good training contract application and then you know I submitted it and then a couple of months later I you know I'd been making other training contract applications and all of a sudden I had an email saying congratulations Camilla you have been invited to an assessment centre and I was obviously very excited but it was kind of a little bit unexpected and I hadn't been preparing for interviews 
So I was working full time at, at that point, and so I had to sort out all of my competency, uh, um, my competency answers, practice them, be ready to talk about a commercial news story, revisit my firm motivation and why I actually wanted to be a lawyer, all within a week, and not even a full week, just in the evenings when I'd got home from work. So it was a really stressful time. I didn't feel necessarily ready. You know, I did the best that I could, but I didn't feel as ready as I could have for the interview. And as a result, I didn't get the position. So contrast that to my mentee that I I recently helped um, go through the same process. We started doing mock interviews in July 2021. Um, And then we kept that going every single week. On a Wednesday, we would have a one-hour Zoom session scheduled in every every week, come rain or shine. You know, we had a meeting where I would ask her, um, you know, a range of different interview questions. And, you know, she started off not being necessarily ready, as you wouldn't be when you first start. Um, But by the time she got invited to three assessment centres in February 2022 she was amazing at interviews and I think she had about a week's notice for each of them Um, and it didn't matter because she'd been ready for months for her interview and all she had to do was you know brush up or practice a little bit and then um, you know focus on why that firm particularly because she'd been writing other applications Um, and she was successful in Each of her interviews, she got three vacation schemes and secured a training contract off the back of that. So I think if you contrast the way I approached it first with the way that she approached it, you know, I obviously got there in the end, but took me a little while longer. If you want to save time, start preparing early for your interviews. Yeah, I can really relate to both kind of stories because when I was preparing for my Spark interview at Clifford Chance which is their first year interview um the legal world industry interview process was all very new to me um and being a career changer myself coming from hairdressing I wasn't familiar with um you know first of all the jargon um I wasn't really sure entirely what banks did and how law firms work with them so learning all this kind of that kind of stuff was difficult for me so although Clever Chance gave me about one month's notice in order to um, educate myself in, you know, what law firms did, who their clients were, and get my competencies ready. That just wasn't enough time. So um, I recommend preparing and being consistent with how you prepare for interviews, probably before you get the invitation, because I just think if you put, if you are preparing to succeed, you will succeed. And if you prepare yeah. to fail or to, you know, well, I guess prepare to fail. I remember um, one of our teachers, Mrs. Seymour, if you're listening, she probably isn't. But I remember she had a notice in her office saying, um, failing to prepare is preparing to fail and I think that's just so true when it comes to interviews and you know you took a year out after your first spark interview and you were successful the year after I think it does well for for me and you it took about a year to get ready for it and same with my mentee she it took her about nine 
nine or so months to get to the stage where she was really, really good. So I think it does take a lot longer than just a month to prepare for these types of interviews, especially if you're starting from scratch. Of course, it takes consistency. And if you want it, you have to be consistent. And being consistent shouldn't be difficult if it's something that you really, really want. Yeah. And so just adding on to my advice, I would say get yourself a mentor, start um, scheduling in a weekly weekly mock interview practice because that really helps and if you don't have a mentor then we've got at the student lawyer we have a mentorship scheme it's going to be opening very soon we'll leave the dates and a link to that in the description box of the podcast so go and apply for, for uh, the mentorship scheme if you haven't got a mentor already um or there's other platforms like grow mentoring which also um pairs people with mentors but even if you don't manage to get yourself a mentor then you it doesn't have to be someone in the legal industry you know Stephanie or well you could just use this like a sibling or a parent or anyone or a friend just to get this interview practice because yeah it's great to get feedback from someone who understands the process but you know a lot of these questions are just um you know tell me about the time that you worked in the team or whatever you can get feedback from other people in relation to questions like that. So, um, yeah, I would definitely advise getting yourself a mentor and holding yourself accountable by scheduling in time and, you know, practicing every single week. Yeah. Um, it, that just reminds me of uh, Mario, one of our previous guests and podcasts talking about mentors he says that um, Albert Einstein was his mentor because he's read several books by him and he's just um learned so much from him so books podcasts you know people that you've met in the past um they can all be your mentors anyway Camilla how do you know what the law firm you who you're interviewing um for well who how do you know what they're looking for when um when they're hiring this is another really interesting question and for me, I when I first started going through the process, I thought that I had to pretend to be this cookie cutter, ideal trainee solicitor. Um, and I ended up just stressing myself out trying to fit a mould, which, you know, everyone's different, firstly. And secondly, there's absolutely ridiculous. Firms are not just looking for one type of person. Um, firms are looking to ra- um, hire people with a range of different skills. So... You can't second guess what they're looking for because you just don't know. So it's, you know, fruitless task trying to be someone that you think they're looking for and you don't even know what they're looking for. So what you need to do is just think about what makes you different to everybody else, what your strengths are, and then try to lean into that in in order to stand out from the crowd by showcasing your personality and showcasing the things that make you great. Um, so again, drawing from my experience, I was able to showcase my teamwork skills, my communication skills and my entrepreneurial skills um, from my experience as a host of the Student Lawyer podcast. You know, we started this podcast back in 2020, didn't we, Stephanie? And we grew up from zero listeners to where we are now at almost 45,000 downloads. Um, you, you know, we've obviously got skills when it comes to communication and entrepreneurial skills to grow this platform um and you know I really leaned into this in order to stand up from competitors 
And also, as listen, some listeners of the podcast might know, I'm a career changer as well. So I made sure that I had really strong examples from my previous career to highlight the skills that I could bring across for my career as an adjudicator and a quality assurance coach at a very well-known ombudsman service. Um, So then, you know, once you've got your strengths, then you need to try and link them back to the firm that you're applying to and that, that you've got an interview with. So in my interview, I my successful interview anyway, I explained that I knew the firm is aiming to become a top 30 law firm by 2025. So they have real growth ambitions. And because I had experience in growing a podcast, which is essentially a business, um, I was able to show that I'm, I'd be a great fit for the ambitious firm when they asked me questions like, Camilla, why should we choose you as our next trainee? Um, but that's just one example of how you can use your strengths to your advantage. Um, there's many others out there. Obviously, it's going to depend on your strengths and the firm that you're applying to. But the main thing that I would advise doing is to find out what your USP, or in other words, your unique selling point is. And then think about how those skills um, and how your USP will benefit the firm so that if the opportunity arises, you can really lead into this and emphasize your skills in the interview. Excellent. I mean, and, you know, if you are um, struggling with finding out what your USP is, I would recommend going back maybe through school reports to see what your teachers have said you're good at. Um, I mean, when I was in employment, I would write down um, things that happened to me during the day, positive things. And then at the end of a month or two months or so, I would have this um, document of things that I had completed successfully. And I was able to also use these as examples in um, in my competency interview. Um, so yeah, it just takes a little bit of, I suppose, self-searching yeah I think some might be more obvious than others if you're you know if you love playing football or if you love playing netball then you know that you're quite good at team you've got you know good teamwork skills so you can maybe lean into that a bit more um but then yeah some some might be a little less obvious so you should definitely keep a record of your achievements because that will help you as well when it comes to making training contract um applications and attending interviews if you keep a record of all the achievements that you've you've got, it it you've done, it will make it a lot easier when you're thinking, oh, when was the time that I exceeded expectations? You know, because I've I've had times where I've had to to find answers to questions, and I sit there for ages thinking, I know I've definitely done this, but I can't remember when. And then it might come to me when I'm you know driving down the motorway or in, or in the shower or something, and you know you have to jump out and like quickly write it down before it escapes you again um so just keep a record of all that kind of stuff and it will make it you know your life so much easier when it comes to preparing for interviews absolutely I do my best thinking away from the desk (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is frustrating but at least I know that that's where I think best um so how do you research the law firm in preparation for a training contract or vacation scheme interview Camilla So when I was doing it, I focused my research around three pillars. So pillar number one, what does the firm do? Like what type of work do they do or they specialise in and what sort of clients do they have? So firstly, understand what the core practice areas are that the firm, you know, their expertise. So they might be really strong on real estate uh, or 
IP law, for example, um, and then go on to Chamber student and read up about these court practice areas so that you have a really good understanding of what each practice area does and then just what all of the practice areas do and how they all interlink with each other. And this should really all have been done before you make your training contract application. But if you haven't done it before, then make sure you do it before the interview. Um, go on the firm's website and look at an example of the work they've done for their main or core practice areas and see what they're most proud of. Because if they're going to, if they're writing about deals on, on their website, then you you know that they're going to be proud of those uh, those deals. And then you see, you can see who's involved in the deal, what lawyers worked on it, and you can even try and reach out to them and speak to them about the work that they've done to get more insight. Um, but then, you know, it doesn't stop there. You need to link this back to why it interests you. Um, for example, you might read the Financial Times every day and analyse particular news stories that interest you, uh, which might be deals that the firm works on or, um, you know, relate to the same industry that the firm has perhaps a, se- a sector expertise in. And then, um, yeah, just make sure that you link it back to, to why that actually interests you because otherwise you're just telling them about themselves, but they already know what they've achieved or what deals they've worked on. They need to know exactly why this interests you and why you want to work there as a result of that. And then it's really important to um, research the firm's competitors and understand what makes the firm different to their competitors, because there could be you know, several firms who are really strong on real estate in, in London or in the Midlands, but what makes this firm different to all the others? Because there will be something that they pride themselves on, and you need to know what that is. Um, because and that could that could come out as a question. For example, you might be asked, "What other firms have you applied to?" And if you're genuinely interested in the work that the firm does, then it's likely that you would have applied to at least one of their competitors. Um, so, in answering this question, you might say something like. You know, I've applied applied to X firm and Y firm, but the reason that I want to work at this firm is because of, you know, X, Y, Z, which should be a differentiating factor, ideally. So, yeah, that's the first pillar. The second pillar is the training that's provided by the firm. That's what I would also focus on because training is quite important to me. Um, And you can find out more about the firm's training contract from the firm website open days and speaking to current trainees so yeah that's should be quite easy to to find out about the training and contract and and what is available to trainees and again make sure you link this back to yourself you could link it back to you know your learning style perhaps the way that the firm trains you know suits your learning style or um you know maybe they allow secondments which is interesting to you because of xyz reason so make sure you link it back to yourself um, and then the third pillar is the culture of the firm now i think culture can be a little bit tricky to talk about because you don't know what the culture is like realistically until you start working at the firm and different offices could have different culture within that firm and then you know within that different teams might have a different culture within the firm so I think it's difficult saying oh I know that your firm has x type of culture because um it's difficult to say that unless you've worked there but that being said I do think that you can get quite a good idea of what it's like to work there by speaking to people um and looking 
at the firm website and any social media channels, um, perhaps YouTube channels that the firm runs. And also awards for diversity and inclusion um, and, and things like that and any other initiatives that the firm has set up. So, I, yeah, so in relation to that, I would advise to, uh, to speak to people in different areas of the firm to try and get a rounded view of the culture and look at the initiatives that the firm has has running, such as, you know, reverse mentoring um, and then just be able to speak about why these are important to you and why you think that you would be a good a good fit at the firm. Yeah, so those are the three pillars that I would focus on when researching a firm. Excellent. I think that's really good advice. Um, so what is the biggest challenge that you have needed to overcome when going through the interview process? I'd like to take a moment to speak about the University of Law, which is the university I decided to study my LPC at. The University of Law is the sponsor of this podcast and makes it possible for us to continue bringing these episodes to you. So we really appreciate you supporting us by supporting our sponsors. What really sets the University of Law apart from other universities is its belief in training students for the real world from the moment they accept a place. The University of Law's experienced career service and award-winning pro bono clinics offer students the chance to get real-life legal experience which can boost employability. They offer a range of undergraduate and postgraduate legal training and master's degrees designed by qualified experts to help students excel at any stage of their career. Their courses are employment focused, honing key skills in a teaching environment based on real legal practice. Part-time and online study options are also available on many of their courses courses to help students work and study at the same time. If you'd like to find out more about the courses on offer, please click the link in the description box of the podcast. So I think I struggled quite a lot with confidence when I started making applications and attending interviews because I kind of, I compared myself to everybody else. No, I didn't go to Russell Group University, so I thought, oh, you know, I'm already on the back foot. You know, I, I thought about all the reasons I didn't compare to everybody else. So I needed to get confident. And I, I think that, yeah, it probably sh- shone through in my first interview. So it wasn't until, you know, so it took me time to develop the confidence that I had in my final interview. And, you know, you have to believe in yourself because otherwise you can't expect your interviewer to believe in you and give you the position. Um, So one of the ways that I think you can develop confidence is to practice your interview skills. Um, And that goes back to point one that, you know, we sort of made in relation to practicing. Um, The more prepared that you are for an interview, the more likely it is that you'll go into the room feeling confident and like nothing can shake you. Like no question that you get is going to knock you off of your game, you know. Um, And yeah, so another way that I developed my confidence is affirmations um so I guess those thoughts of self-doubt that I originally had when I started going through the process um I knew that I needed to get rid of any self-doubt so I started writing daily affirmations in the book um and you know saying things like oh I'm a trainee solicitor I'm confident I can speak about commercial topics with ease I can you know all this sort of stuff and I did it morning and evening for several months and then my confidence definitely improved um and I wasn't I've never used affirmations before and I was a little bit skeptical going you know starting that but 
I thought to myself, if I could just increase my confidence by say one or two percent, then it would be worthwhile doing. And it definitely improved my confidence by, you know, quite a bit. So I would advise affirmations for anyone who had the same struggles as me and would like to kind of, you know, improve their inner confidence um, as it were. Excellent. I think do you think that confidence is a big one? Um, sometimes for career changes, especially, I get a lot of uh, people asking me um, how they can prove themselves as career changes. Um, how how they they can prove that you know they they're making this transition into law, um, like it show that they're they're genuine about it. Yeah and um it's just finding those examples really and being confident about why you're doing it so yeah I can kind of link confidence onto so many things that people may be struggling with if that makes sense yeah yeah definitely I mean no one's ever asked me in an interview why have you like I think it it was sort of my fear that I had to kind of over explain myself why I wanted to now be a lawyer after doing a different career and that was something that yeah like you said Stephanie people ask me as well it's like oh how can I show that I'd be that you know that I've got a motivation for law now but I that's I've never been asked that in an interview and even if I had been asked it I think as long as you've got a sensible answer for why you're interested in a legal career no one's going to grill you over that and if they do then I don't know they won't but yeah always have a question for why law and if you're going into a specific you know area of law as in commercial tied to why why commercial law but yeah thank you for sharing that I would say that my a challenge that I've needed to overcome or perhaps a weakness um was commercial awareness and what I did um, was just very consistent with reading the FT every morning um, and then also listening to podcasts like ESG Insider. I thought that was um, very helpful because ESG was and still is such a big um, topic which that law firms are focusing on. Um, and what this podcast ESG Insider did was talk about prevalent issues, but how these issues were affecting companies so they spoke about you know like regulations and policy makers and um all sorts of things like that really anyway so reading the news listening to podcasts I also had a commercial awareness spreadsheet where I had on there um how news stories that I read um how these stories would affect policyholders, creditors, regulators, competitors. So each news story I read, I or once a week, sorry, I would fill out this spreadsheet. And it really made me re- um, really read the newspaper rather than just you know, passively reading it. Yeah, I think um, you can sometimes just read a news story and then think, oh, okay, now, I, now I've read it move on to the next one but it sounds like you had a really good framework for actually sitting there and thinking okay what's happening in this story and what impact is this going to have on the law firm and its clients 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And it gives you um it gets you used to answering questions that interviewers would ask you. Um and yes, you're right, like on on this spreadsheet, I had a section of what next. So I would I would add my own um thoughts about what the company this newspaper was talking about could do next to um avoid or mitigate any kind of risk so that was really helpful um and then once a week um i had a catch up with my mentor um and we would discuss my findings so that was very helpful because not only did i write um my thoughts down but then i also communicated with um than with somebody else as well. So that was very helpful. Um, and that really helped with not only my commercial awareness, but also with my communication and presentation skills, which I think are very important when you are in an interview. Definitely. I, I completely agree. And I think, you know, I think that was the point of feedback, wasn't it, that you had. So you had to uh, improve your commercial awareness. And then you came back the next year and you were able to get the training contract offer because you'd improved your commercial awareness so much and you know is it something that you can do in a week Stephanie no <laughs> definitely not and you also can't learn about the 2008 financial crash in four hours so yeah but if you did want to attempt to do that I recommend watching um what's the big short the big short is fantastic watch it anyway it's such a good film but yeah so um take it from us you cannot you cannot hone your commercial awareness skills within a week. So you need to prepare for that. You know, I don't know whether it took you a year, but you had one year between one interview and another. So you developed your skills within that time and, you know, where you were able to be successful the second year. So it takes about a year, I would say, to become very good at speaking about these sorts of things. Obviously, you can do it quicker, but I think, you know, you're a university student at the end of the day. You don't have all the time in the world to do this so it's just building on it slowly I'm sure some people could perhaps cram it in a couple of months but it just I just think it's much better just to just to take it slowly and just start building in these habits now because they're habits that you're going to have to continue once you become a solicitor you know reading the news every day being very interested in the industries that your clients work in it's not something that you just cram for two months and then you just you know move on once you've got the job that's not how it works I agree I agree and I suppose that everybody is different um in terms of the pace they learn um but if you the and I'm just going to uh, reiterate what you just said the sooner you start the more consistent you are you will get there it doesn't matter how long it takes you to get there you will get there in the end so, Camilla, have you any last words of advice? Yeah, I've got a couple, actually. So the first is be yourself um, because, like I said before, you don't know what the firm's looking for. And if you pretend to be somebody that you're not, the likelihood is that you're going to be more nervous trying to put up a facade. It's going to be obvious to the interviewers. And if you do end up getting the job, it could be a poor fit for your real personality. Um, so yeah just be yourself and it's you know if you've got through to a trading contract interview if you've been invited to interview then it's a, it's a sure sign that you're going to get more invites so if you you know be yourself you are good enough and if you don't get one job it's not the be all and the end all 
It could just mean that your personality isn't the right fit for the firm and there's a perfect firm out there for you. I firmly believe that. Um, so yeah, if you if you made it to one interview, you're good enough, you'll make it to more, just be yourself and keep going. Because it only takes one yes. And the second tip that I want to say, well, the second thing I want to say is that everything that we've said today in this interview is just a starting point. So whilst I think that you know, the, the advice we've given today should give you a really solid foundation. My advice is to keep learning and to keep developing your interview technique. Um, don't just stop at this pod, at this podcast. Uh, keep, keep learning from different people because I, when I was going through the process, it was, um, it was when COVID had us all in lockdowns and there was lots of webinars. So I would attend as many webinars as I could to learn you know, to get tips from different people about how to succeed at an interview. And um, so, you know, I, I got a lot of knowledge from that, but also I had lots of mentors who would give me different feedback. And I think it's impossible to to take on every single piece of advice that you're given because some of it conflicts, some of it just isn't your style and it doesn't feel natural to you. But give it a go. There are, but no, there are parts that, that will work for you. And there are parts that you can take. So you might think, oh, that was a great piece of advice. That really works for me from one mentor. Oh, that was a great piece of advice from another webinar. And you put them all together and you find your own unique style and thing that makes you you, essentially, and will enable your personality to shine. So, yeah, keep learning, keep developing your interviewing skill because it will definitely pay off um, for you in the long run and yeah good luck to everybody out there um it it is a a marathon not a sprint this whole process and i know it can be stressful at times but um hopefully this podcast will help some of you to um yeah just to feel a little, a little bit more at ease about the process excellent well thank you very much for joining me today on this episode of the student fire podcast um thank you for having me <laughs> it's been really fun um and thank you to everyone who has joined um joined well tuned in to this episode and i know that the application season is very much upon us and interviews are coming up as well mm-hmm. um so i just wanted to say good luck to everybody and stay calm stay happy stay dedicated have some rest time and enjoy the process well said and please if you enjoyed this episode please do share it with somebody who is also going through the process and who might find it helpful um don't forget to subscribe um to this podcast if you haven't already to make sure you get notified every time we release a new one we release three episodes a month um and leave us a review on apple podcasts if you found this helpful in any way so thank you to everyone who's tuned in and we'll see you in the next one see you bye To hear more of the Student Lawyers podcast, hit the subscribe button and leave us a star rating and review. If you would like to join the Student Lawyer as a writer, please email hello at thestudentlawyer.com.